humpback whales are known for their songs and it's long been thought they sing to attract female whales to be their mate. But as the population has bounced back from the brink of extinction, it appears singing is out and fighting is the new way to woo the ladies. Associate Professor Beck Dunlop is a marine biologist from the University of Queensland who's been studying the change of behaviour. She joins us now. Welcome to RM Breakfast. Good morning. I'm, I'm a little alarmed by this. I like the idea of singing. Fighting sounds like uh, not what not the outcome you want. Only the male whales sing. What theories do scientists have as to why well they did this? That's right. First off, don't worry. There's nothing to be um, alarmed. We were out last year, and there's still plenty of whales singing. So it's not like Good. you know this is going to disappear anytime soon. But um, males, males have a few different breeding strategies and one is to sing. So only the males sing. It's probably to attract females, but we still don't actually know if that's, if that's the only function. But if you sing to attract a female, clearly other males can overhear you singing as well. And singing probably contains information on the fitness of the whale. So that's available for females to assess whether or not she wants to breed with the male but of course, it's also available to other males in the area so they can assess, you know, whether they're bigger and stronger or whether they're less strong than that particular singing whale. So it's a little bit risky when you sing because you could attract the attention of other males. The other option is to not sing, go into sneaker mode and try and stay silent and try and join and breed with a female that way. And the benefit of that is, of course, you're not giving away your position to other males, but you know, you're not singing to attract that female. So that could be a cost of that behavior. And then finally, once you're nice and big and strong, the third option is to physically compete with males. So fight with other males for access to females. So back in the 90s, the humpback whale population was nearing extinction levels. But by 2015, the numbers had increased sevenfold, which seems like a really positive story. Why do more whales mean less singing? Like what, what's the theory around that? So the whales were almost whaled to extinction in the 60s. Um, surveys started around the 80s, but there was just the odd whale coming through. So even at the 80s, if you imagine the population that used to be roughly 30,000 whales, and now we're talking less than 1,000, it would be really difficult to find each other. You know, you've gone from high density conditions to extremely low density conditions. So the, you know, the, the chances that you're going to bang into each other are quite low. But if you use a loud broadcast signal like song, then you, you're going to find it much easier to find each other. So to attract mates um, and things like that. So song is a is a good is a good thing to use in low density conditions. Fast forward to 2015, and now we're back up to more than 20,000 whales. So it's extremely dense. So the chances that you're going to, as a male, find a female just by you know banging into her by crashing into her are are much greater so singing is less you just don't need it as that broadcast signal as much plus as i said earlier you've got a risk there in that if you sing in the presence of other males you've run the risk that you're attracting those males so it is a risky strategy in high density conditions whales are enormous creatures what does a whale fight look like it can get quite violent. Um, off the Sunshine Coast, where we do most of the work, you'll see the principal, so the big guy that's with the female. If there's other males that come in, he will chase them off. He will ram them. 
And what they do is they'll try and slap each other's head on the surface. So one will try and crash down on top of the other. They'll try and hit each other with their peduncles, with their tails and things like that. So it can actually get quite violent. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that sounds intense. You've been researching humpbacks for 20 years. When you started, you almost knew the whales by name, I understand. What's it like in the water now with that massive population increase? Yeah, when we started, um, I actually started back in, in 2003. And even then, it was really easy to keep track of them. So, You'd have your whales coming down the coast. You could easily follow them. You could tell which one was singing. You could watch that singer join with other whales. So you could watch what it did and then it would stop singing. Very easy to follow them. If you fast forward to 2015, we called it whale soup. It was just a mess. There were just whales everywhere doing lots of different things. So we find it much more difficult just to keep track of groups and things like that. Um, it can get uh, down down the coast, it, we call it whale soup, where you have to slow your boat down just to sort of pick your way through whale groups because they tend to hang out just um, just near Morton Bay there. Whale Sometimes soup. they rest there. Whale soup. Whale wow. soup. Is, yeah. that a, is this a good problem to have for a researcher? It is and it isn't. <laughs> it is in terms of population health. Our population has sprung back from post-whaling beautifully. Um, we're right back up to those big, big numbers where they were before whaling. As a researcher, it was much easier back in 2003 to follow each whale and, and figure out what he was doing. Um, so, yeah, yeah, good for the population, bad for the researcher. That's really interesting. What are the lessons from uh, this, this, as you say, this springing back of the population from the brink of extinction? Does it, does, is the lesson it can be done, it just needs, it needs that concerted effort? Um, I mean, with the whales, all we had to do was stop killing them, and they bounced back um, from from those post whale from those whaling era. And the thing with humpbacks, with the male humpbacks that we find with our research, is that they're behaviorally flexible. They're really good at adapting to conditions and breeding really successfully. So as they were whaled to almost extinction, there was hardly any of them left. They adapted beautifully. They sang and they attracted mates that way using a loud broadcast signal, so they could find each other. Fast forward, you know, to much higher density conditions, they adapt it again. So they're very behaviorally flexible. And I think that's one thing that allowed them to bounce back so well from post-whaling, from whaling. Such an interesting um, area of research. Beck, thank you. No problem. Thank you. Associate Professor Beck Dunlop is a marine biologist from the University of Queensland. And you are listening to ABC RM Breakfast. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.